Is it piece of chain? Or Tao Te Ching? It's the Arrow Wong podcast series. The number one Apple business and number four entrepreneurship podcast. Speaking from Hong Kong. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Air One Podcast. Into this episode, I'm honored to have the career coach and mentor for women in tech, Nymer Bergman. Nymer has been working in tech industry for over 20 years. She knows firsthand how it is like being a woman in a very male-dominated field. She's been an engineering manager at Sun Microsystem and VMware, director of engineering at Digital Ocean's Cloud Computing Division. She's now the director of product business development at Power to Fly, where she forms strategic partnership to support underrepresented talent around the world. In the first 25 months at Power to Fly, though, she's the director of mentorship and she helps women in technology up level and big, make big career moves. Women she works with can achieve the goals in one third of the time they thought it would take them. You can find Nymer on nymerbergman.com. L-I-M-O-R-B-E-R-G-M-A-N.com or LinkedIn with the handle Limer Bergman. Again, L-I-M-O-R-B-E-R-G-M-A-N. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Limer. Hi, Errol. Wow, that was a very warm introduction. Thank you so much. I should take you as my spokesman. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> And- Actually, uh, I want you to introduce yourself a little bit more because I just um, found that you have many, many achievements. I fall down to the very essence. Can you introduce yourself a little bit more? Why did you move to the U.S. in December 2010? And how yeah. did you get yeah, multiple job opportunities in a new yeah. country without knowing anyone? How did you do all that? Okay, sure, sure, definitely. So... I lived in Israel and, and, and I currently uh, live in Israel again uh, all my life. And uh, my husband was offered a, a position in uh, Denver, Colorado in 2010. Mm-hmm. And at first, I didn't want to move because I was pregnant back then. I have four children and, and I was pregnant with my last two <laughs> twins. And I was very hysteric, you know, about how am I going to handle that. And uh, mm. first, I rejected it. firmly going to the US but they, after they got delivered and I relaxed a little bit and understand that it's not the end of my life then said yeah why not the adventure I, I guess the adventure uh, triggered me I wanted uh, to try it out I saw that as an opportunity to leave someplace else so yeah mm. let's do it and, this, uh, and yeah uh, go ahead is this a common for you uh To be adventurous or are you always so adventurous in your life because it is not a, a small move for I don't think that's just for women actually it is for men to move a completely new country to start all over again I don't know if to say I'm always adventurous mm. but uh, I'm definitely mm. um, I like changes mm. and I don't like everything to be planned. Mm. which can be a weakness too but uh, you know for example one of the hurdles for me to start my own podcast is the planning piece that every mm. every podcaster I talk to and uh, I see how much they're organized and they have all the episodes scheduled and all that and I'm like oh my god I'm not like that it's not my personality mm. so I either need to hire someone who will do that for me I mean so but but kind of going back to your question mm. I think there is an adventurer in me 
I'm not afraid of changes. I welcome changes as a good thing, typically, mm. even if it seems like a bad thing at the beginning. You know, ah. Sometimes things happen to us in life mm. and we think it's a bad thing. Mm. And always there is opportunity in everything. In, in every uh, hardship we have, we have opportunity. I'm kind of, you know, diverting yeah. from, from your original question. But yes, I decided to take the adventure with both hands and and travel with my family and back then my kids were very little i had two babies a toddler and a six-year-old yes. and we moved to the u.s to colorado and i had to start or not maybe not to start from scratch but continue my career there mm. but start like a um working in the u.s i didn't know anyone and um, mm. had no connections mm. so i had to start and It wasn't easy. It wasn't mm-hmm. easy at the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. I was applying to hundreds of jobs and I wanted a job as an engineering manager back then. I had an experience mm-hmm. already managing. Mm-hmm. No one responded. No one responded <laughs> to me. <laughs> and it was so frustrating. Uh, that's the thing that I really need to dive deep into it. Uh, how did you end up working at Quantum as a senior software engineer manager? But before... Moving on to that, I would like to ask you, you, you just mentioned you, uh, you just started a podcast. What is that? Can you tell the audience a little bit about that? I haven't started yet. That's But you haven't started that's, that's my, uh, mm. my um, mm. fear from, you know, not being so organized that is stopping me from starting it. I, I know I should. <laughs> uh, and maybe uh. I should commit here in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> It surprised, it surprised me. You are a lot of detail-minded person because from what I research about you, I just think <laughs> this person is very organized or else you will achieve the things that you have achieved. You are an engineering director. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but uh, uh. this um, uh. being, again, uh. what I noticed that at some host that I, because I talk in, in a lot of podcasts and uh, mm-hmm. really enjoy it. I enjoy meeting the people like you and, you know, the opportunity to share my story. And, uh, but I noticed like, okay, your episode is going to be live on that date. And it's like, oh my God, you have to be really, you know, uh, like super, super plan, planning everything to the details. And that's what kind of scares me off um, from starting it. Cool. If you will start a podcast, uh, definitely let me know. I will try to let more people know more about it because your story Oh, thank you so much. Thank just, you. Yeah, your story is amazing. So let's get back to the question. How did you end up working at Quantum? Yeah, so at the beginning, as I said, mm. I was struggling miserably. Like I was so frustrated mm. and discouraged. And people mm. around me told me, oh, maybe you should just uh, try... Uh, finding a job as a software engineer instead of a manager. Mm-hmm. But I knew inside me that I know how to manage and that's what I want. I, mm-hmm. I, was, I had a very strong desire to do what mm-hmm. you know I, I used to do and continue with that path. So I said, okay, I'm not giving up. And uh, what I did, mm-hmm. it was 2010 and I started reaching out to recruiters in the area. Mm-hmm. Starting meeting people at Starbucks for coffee, oh. basically. Oh. <laughs> You know, it was pre-Zoom and all that, that now is everything virtual. But back then, like, it was more mm. local, right? And also mm. the jobs were more um, local to where you lived. So I started meeting recruiters. And 
um, in parallel, I started working on my LinkedIn profile. I have a LinkedIn profile since 20, uh, 2004, but I wasn't really active. I started really utilizing the platform, improving my profile, starting get connections and all that. And eventually what happened and what helped me find my first job at Quantum was a recruiter that I met in one of those coffee coffee uh, meetings, uh. knew a recruiter in Quantum. And I saw the job posting. I said, hey, can you help me? Can you connect me to this, to this recruiter? Mm-hmm. And it helped. Even that this recruiter didn't know me that well. We just met for coffee once. I mean, at least there was an initial connection. And he was... He knew the other recruiter and they talked and he, you know, and, and it helped me. It helped me just get in front of the company because otherwise the the resume was just buried in, in mm. tons of applications and no one even noticed it. Mm. I would like to say, first of all, you gave me the impression you are a very confident woman and it is an earned confidence. What do I mean by that is you have over a decade of experience in technology. You're not just a software engineer, uh, engineer, and you before you move to quantum, you used to be an engineering manager in some microsystems for over a decade, and then Oracle. These are big tech companies. Why don't you have that? Why are you struggling? What made you struggle? Because you definitely have the confidence already. Ah, uh, what made me struggling back then? Mm. Because you don't know what. So you just don't know I, anyone. I, I think that it was because I didn't know anyone mm-hmm. uh, and I was, and also I was working for the same company, Sun, uh, Sun Microsystem was acquired actually by Oracle. So I worked there for 10 years and, uh, and it kind of limited my, my network. I mean, I, mm-hmm. my network was people I, I worked with and I wasn't really um, <laughs> used to job searching and, and, mm. you know, uh, my resume was not up to date, you know, because I just was rusty. I didn't do that. Mm. Um, and and I I did update the resume and uploaded it, but it's a problem when you just go cold and upload your resume. I That's mean, funny. I'm not saying that it, it's always uh, going to be unsuccessful, but for me, it was unsuccessful. Mm. Uh, and, and just finding the connections, starting to build a network, meeting people helped. Mm. Okay, it seems like to me, uh, I try to frame the situation that you were in is you have the talent because you build it for a decade and you are working in the very big tech companies. But the skills that you didn't have at that time is connection, which is an interfacing skill, which is uh, job hunting skills, uh, which is a uh, great portfolio. Mm, do I say correctly? Yeah, I think so. The connections mm. also, I didn't know how to present myself very well because mm. after you work at the same place for so long, mm. you're just not used to sell yourself. Mm. And and this is something that I uh, worked on for the last over a decade. Um, just selling because eventually all of us, and you don't have to be a salesperson. You have to sell yourself all the time. It doesn't matter if it's, within the company you work for <laughs> or as a business owner or whatever. So I just learned to be more and more confident in myself and know how to talk about myself, which is so important because when you come to interviews, you really have to give a, 
good first impression that you know what you're doing that you're confident and if you come to an interview a little bit uncomfortable you know not exactly sure how to describe yourself mm. you start mumbling that can hurt you of course and it takes practice it just takes practice right I was very very rusty because I haven't interviewed for 10 years mm, got it so we, we jump to the uh, interview part I'm talk I'm talking about the uh, job hunting process interview part is maybe step six, step seven, step eight, very later down the road. But at the very beginning, from building the portfolio, maybe on LinkedIn, uh, and then talk to people, these kind of things, uh, you kind of just do it a uh, sort of trial and error and learn it by yourself uh, or who else that, that you learn from our people. So I just, uh, mm. you, you know, there is no shortage of information and today even more so mm. right I mean mm. information just is infinite mm. and what I did was just google just mm. just googling about LinkedIn about how to build a resume and I spent hours mm. I spent hours every single day so I was sending my kids to daycare I was paying we were paying I think around um I don't know if it was like for $5,000 a month just for daycares and private schools. So we were not even able to cover our expenses back then because only my husband was working at the beginning. But I knew that I will find, I had a belief in myself. I knew that I will find a job and I was determined, but there was also a pressure. And that kind of helped me push me that pushed me because I was very motivated to find a job and I spent hours and hours and hours just reading going to webinars so there is a lot of free information the problem is that not many people have the strength to kind of endure and and do it themselves so so sometimes they just go to someone they ask for which is not a bad thing but sometimes they go to ask for help or to go for some trainings and so forth. I just found all the information for free mm. and started implemented, implementing mm. it while networking. Got it. This is the thing that I appreciate you because you just mentioned uh, you handle the stress. You see it as uh, some sort of positive new stress, uh, positive uh, pressure to push yourself because sometimes I'm talking to men, both a man and woman, and they, they would back out because of the pressure, but they can't handle the pressure. But is that optimistic part of your mind that is mm, a leisure of you, you don't have to learn it? Yeah, I think that's one of my good qualities is that I'm very, first of all, I'm very optimistic in nature. Mm. And I always look at everything, as I said, even bad things that happen as an opportunity. And I have a confidence in myself. And I think my confidence only grow every year like wine right uh, it's better so my confidence grow hmm. and i knew what i worth back then hmm. i even didn't have the you know 10 10 of the confidence i have now but i still i knew what i worth i knew hmm. what i wanted hmm. i knew that i had to get a job right i mean i wanted to start getting started working asap because we are not covering our expenses hmm. And I knew I cannot stay at home with the kids. Like, no way. Like, I guess maybe you. that was I can tell. <laughs> the motivation. Like, okay, I cannot stay with the kids at home. I have to send them to daycare. <laughs> it will cost as much as it will cost. And I have to find a job. So I guess I was very, very, also very motivated 
And the combination of all those things, and I knew that I'll find a job eventually. It's just, mm. you know, it may take time. It didn't take too much. It take like four months or so. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so I want to dive deep into uh, the, the things that you help the uh, woman to achieve career goals now, because it always starts very small and you're happy. How to kickstart your LinkedIn profile transformation mini course. What is that? Can we have a snippet here for that five simple steps? For the audience to know first, the, uh, the link, simple LinkedIn tips is on nightmareberman.com forward slash LinkedIn uh, dash LinkedIn. So care yeah, about this that. Is just, uh, this is very, as, as, as it says, like simple tips that you can implement mm. in a relatively, not too long amount of time. It basically go over like the major parts of LinkedIn that many people already have, like mm-hmm. the profile URL, not, not many people are deliberate about their, their URL name. So just mm-hmm. use the, the default mm-hmm. about your profile picture. Mm-hmm. Many people have a picture. Not all of them have a good one. Some people don't have a picture at all. The mm-hmm. background picture and how to utilize it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And the headline, which is probably like the most important piece of all the five tips, the headline. 90% of people don't utilize the LinkedIn headline properly. Mm-hmm. By default, it's just the, you know, the current title and the company you work for. But you have actually, mm. I think 220, LinkedIn actually increased mm. the number of characters. It used to be 120. I think now it's 220 characters. And you can utilize all of that. Mm to create a tagline, to use keywords, to use different, you know, variations of jobs you can do, which will help you be found. And you'll be surprised. Like there was a woman I worked with and she wanted to get a, a different job. And uh, and I said, okay, let's look at your LinkedIn profile. I said, okay, okay. We have to fix a <laughs> few things here. Like, and, and we just really, I mean, we started working on a profile. We changed your headline. Mm. And you'll be amazed. Mm. She said, Limo, I cannot believe. Like, I start being contacted like crazy. Mm. So just changing the headline can make a huge difference. Obviously, mm. there are, there's more to it. But the headline is so important and so many people don't utilize it properly. Got it. So basically, you've been there, done that. Uh, you can... Mm, learn any skill by yourself, especially hard skill. And then you can also craft the job hunting or just craft crafting career uh, skill set uh, for yourself. And now you're teaching to all other people. It is, you earned it. Can we fast forward to the year of 2020? You are working as a director at Digital Ocean in the cloud compute division, where you scale the compute organization from 20 to 45 people. It is huge. Can you talk about the work environment from the perspective of remote working and working in the office? Yeah, these kind of things. Yeah, so I worked mm. uh, in DigitalOcean. I started working fully remote. Um, mm. I started working there in 2016. And yeah, I started managing remote. I used to live in Colorado and, and the remote lifestyle allowed me also to move. So we, we moved within the US to Texas to the Dallas Fort Worth area and I was managing remote and I started to you know I wanted to become a director so I was very deliberate by, about my career 
Mm. I worked with my manager. I got a career coach that helped me. And, uh, and when I was promoted, I started kind of, you know, figuring out what are the gaps and uh, started building mm. plans for the organization and basically telling my manager, this is the plan for, you know, the year. This is mm. what we need to hire. This is how the organization is going to look like. And, um, not to say that I got all the things that I asked for, but when you come very proactive with mm. a lot of confidence that you know what you're doing and mm. um, there are much higher chances that you'll get advanced in your career and you'll get also what you what you ask for <laughs> and this is one of the things for example I work with new leader leaders <laughs> is about showing your leadership even before you get by the way I started doing that even before I got promoted so start showing leadership start showing that you have what it takes to Even before someone hands over like a promotion or a title to you God now you know you are lying and not lying being humble when you are saying you are not an organized people because <laughs> if, <Yeah>. you are, <laughs> if you are not an organized people how can you do that hey manager do this I've laid it out all for you all the details here he is the awesome plan <laughs> you're just being humble okay uh, how did you manage such a distrib- distributed workforce? It is not yeah. easy. Yeah. Mm. It's a, I really believe in people and building mm. relationships. And I invested mm. a lot of my time in building the relationships with mm. my people. Mm. Also made sure to hire good managers. Mm. Um, and so I had a great group of managers reporting to me one by one. Like they were in, incredible. Each mm. one of them. And, and uh, eventually it's not just me, right? I mean, it's the managers be, that reported to me and, and their teams that made it all happen. But I invested in relationships, not just with the, my managers. Mm. So I had four managers reporting to me, but I, I talked every week with, obviously with each one of them, but I made sure also to, to meet with the technical people. Mm. And I chose, I kind of chose which one I want to talk more frequently than others, but I made sure that they keep the communication and, mm. and make sure that if anyone wanted to talk to me, I'm, you know, I'm happy to help. And it's important because eventually it's all about people. Mm. I really so, believe in that. So basically you build the organization based on the focus area, like joblets, key areas. as kernel performance system orchestration based on their the people's talents that's what yeah, you know best yeah yeah we and I didn't do it all alone to be honest mm. I mean right I mean I cannot take all the credit so I think the best strategy I took was okay we need to grow in this area I found a good leader a good manager and and they started hiring the team it's not just that I did everything mm. by myself mm. it's a team effort. So initiative leadership and also you know how to communicate with people and get helps from other people. At which point do you initiate and partner with power to fire? And what is power to fire and why hiring one woman becomes so present? Yeah. Yeah. So what happened, it was a process. It didn't happen overnight. So what happened was that I was, throughout my career, I worked predominantly with men, which is not a surprise, right? I mean, the tech industry is mostly, especially in, technical roles and um, mostly men 
and uh, and as I grew in leadership and I had more influence, right? Because I was responsible for an organization, I had more control and influence on who we hire. I really wanted to make an impact, and I wanted to hire more women. But it mm. was much harder to do than to say that you wanted mm. to do it. And I was struggling a lot. I was struggling a lot, especially in areas that are super, super deep and technical, like kernel and you know, um, distributed systems. It was very difficult to find women. <laughs> and the recruiting team had very good intentions, but the results were not there. Mm. So instead of saying, okay, recruiters are not doing their job, you know, blah, 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 and complaining, I try to figure out, okay, what do I do? How do mm. we solve this? And... I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but Power to Fly started doing an outreach, like their outreach even today, like to people via email. And they invited me to events. And at first I didn't know who they are. And they said, hey, you know, and back then they were focused on women. And I said, yeah, come to an event in New York. And I lived in Dallas, in Dallas area. And I said, oh, I cannot come, you know. Uh, but it, I was intrigued. I was intrigued by them. I started following them. And then, one day they sent me an email. It was like January, 2019. They say, Hey, come to Dallas. You know, we're doing an event. And I said, you know what? That's the sign I have to go there. I didn't live in the Dallas downtown area. It was about, I don't know, an hour drive for me. So I have to go there and I have to, to meet them and, and see who, who they are. What are they doing? So I went to an event that they were organizing for a client. And it was like a specific areas that they were looking to hire, but they did a networking event in downtown Dallas. And they had a panel of women, very strong and uh, impressive women talking. And I was like, wow, this is like, I should do that. Like, this is incredible. This is you. <laughs> you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't there as a job seeker. I just, and, and I reach out to the part of like people there and say, hey, I came here especially for you, not for, you know, looking mm. for a job. I'm not interested in, in switching jobs, but like, wow, this is good. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, yeah, and I started contacting them and I really wanted to start working with them. It mm. was easier said than done because I had to convince DigitalOcean to pay, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, to pay some money. It wasn't, a, it was a, you know, significant amount mm-hmm. and, and uh, to hire their services. And I said, we have to do those events. This is incredible. It's not just about looking, Googling for names. It's like branding our organization as an organization to want to hire women. It's so important. Mm-hmm. I saw an event, like I started drilling. <laughs> when I need, when I want something, I'll tell you, I will not let go. So <laughs> I think I was so annoying back mm-hmm. then, probably. I was talking with the chief people officer and I think I just <laughs> exhausted her. <laughs> I was like, all the time, we have to do it, we have to do it. So eventually, you know, she said, okay. And and we signed a contract even bigger than I thought we would. And uh, yeah, I started working with them as a client. Mm-hmm. And although it wasn't my job, it wasn't my job description, like to do recruiting, I actually took that on me beyond just my organization. And I mm-hmm. led a collaboration with them. And uh, one of my trips to New York, I met with the CEO and we really connected and that kind of led me to where I am today, <laughs> to work with them. That's so cool. So what you have done, is you increased Digital Awesome brand and added 500 women candidates to the pipeline. And yeah, I think that's my last question. What made you decide to make the drum going all in with Power to Thrive? 
leaving Digital Ocean, returning to your home country, Israel, after nine years working in the U.S. There are a lot of things here, right? Returning to the to Israel was not well not related to anything professional. It was a personal decision that we made, you know, because we wanted to stay close to our families and we wanted our kids to. You know, uh, spend some time with their grandparents, and um, you know, so it was a personal decision. But I decided to take advantage of this big change mm. to also make some other changes in my life. I felt that uh, career-wise, while I was growing and successful in my career, I felt like I'm not in the right place for me. And the reason for that was because I felt like, to some degree, I was an imposter. And when I say that, I mean, I wasn't really so excited about the technology. Like, it's not that I don't like technology and I don't enjoy solving technical problems, but it wasn't like my passion. Mm. My true passion was helping women uh, in the tech industry. And, um, and I saw people around me, like in director or VP roles, and I saw how much they were passionate about the technology. And I was not as much. I said, okay, I'm not in the right place for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what is the right place exactly, to be honest. I didn't know what I'm going to do, but I decided, okay, I'm going to do something different. And then mm-hmm. kind of, you know, one thing led to another, you know, when you open up your mind, possibilities just land at your doorstep. So it happened, right? I mean, power to fly. I, I talked with their CEO. She said, well, come work with me. So I started consulting to them and I created a mentorship program there. And then other companies started reaching out. So, One thing led to another, and coaching mm. also was something that I wasn't planning on doing, but I was speaking with a prospect company about creating a mentorship program there and mm. and the age head of HR she asked me, "Oh, are you certified as a coach and, and, and so so eventually she declined in hiring uh-huh. me, and I said, "You know what that's a good so you see i every on on everything that happens, Thank I you. look for the opportunities like, huh, interesting." So I should be I should, <laughs> I should get a coaching certification if that's the mm. barrier. And it's not the barrier, but I said, well, it can give me tools. I will get a certified so it will give me more credibility that I know what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah, and that's what I did. And mm. I'm, I'm so happy. So yeah. <laughs> and I'm still you know evolving. Mm. I don't know exactly what will happen. I don't know exactly to tell you what I'll do. Mm. But, but the impact that I want to make is to help more women succeed in the tech industry. I want to see more women grow to executive roles. Got it. I feel you. I see fire in your eyes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, your life is obstacle is the way, is your way, and then you, t- <laughs> you jump over all of the uh-huh. obstacles wherever you see it. Is there any message before you wrap up this session you want to talk to not just women, Uh, to people in general about career when they face an obstacle what should they do yeah, actually you I just think that, about it. I think <laughs> that after after we talked about it I think I will focus on this so when you when things happen to you and sometimes you know you you're mm. miserable and things happen and things doesn't work out look at it as an opportunity what have I learned or what opportunity did it open mm-hmm. and typically we'll find something. Believe me, and a lot of bad things happened. I mean, and it happened for a reason. I will not go to more de- like a lot of things, like with my family, a lot of things that happen, you look at it, oh, it's so bad, I'm so you know miserable, but then you identify that there is a le- 
a learning opportunity there. There is a growth opportunity there. So always, you know, for example, some people lose their jobs, company fire them, and they they just look at the bad thing, right? They lost their job. They don't have a paycheck. But sometimes it's an opportunity for us to do something else or to find a new job, to work maybe in a better place. And you have to be a little bit patient to allow things to happen. And sometimes you have to take one step backwards in order to take two steps forward, right? I mean, when I moved to the US, I told you like very openly, we were not able to pay the bills. Like we lived out of savings uh, because the salary was not enough, but I knew that it's a temporary situation. When I left my job, my high paying job at DigitalOcean, yeah, I mean, I was not, able to get the same amount of money immediately so you have to understand that sometimes yeah things takes time and it's okay look few levels ahead look at the bigger picture life is not a straight line sometimes you know you go up sometimes you go a little bit down that's okay thank you very much uh Neymar. uh your story is very inspirational and yeah just thanks for being a guest on our show yeah, my pleasure. So for the audiences, uh, learn the tenacity from Nimer and don't let go of Nimer if you want a career change or you want to have career advancement. Don't let go of Nimer and reach out her at uh, LinkedIn. Uh, her handle is Nimer Bergman again. So I will see you next time.